Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. Hey kids, you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn and this show is Fish Out of Agua with Michelle Carlo. It's a new season, fall is here, and we have a lot of new for you this week because remember, the future is coming on. It is, it's here. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I ain't happy, I'm feeling glad I got sunshine. In a bag, I'm useless, but not for long, the future is coming on. I ain't happy, I'm feeling glad I got sunshine. In a bag, I'm useless, but not for long. The future is coming on, it's 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 Pick and choose, sit and lose, all you different crews, chicks and dudes, who you think is really kicking tunes, picture you getting down in a picture too, like you lift the fuse, you think it's fictional, mystical, maybe spiritual, hero who appears in you to clear your view when you're too crazy, lifeless to those with definition for what life is, priceless to you because I put you on the hype shit, you like it, gun smoke, you're righteous with one token, psychic among, no possess you with one go. Feeling glad I got sunshine in a bag. I'm useless, not for long. The future is coming on. Ain't happy. I'm feeling glad I got sunshine in a bag. I'm useless, but not for long. The future is coming on. It's coming on. It's coming on. It's coming on. It's coming on. The essence, the basics, without it you make it Allow me to make this child like a nature Rhythm, you have it or you don't, that's a fallacy, I'm in them Every sprouting tree, every child of peace, every cloud and sea You see with your eyes, I see destruction and demise Corruption in the skies, from the enterprise Now I'm sucked into your life through rust, so not as muscles But percussion to provide, with me as a guide Y'all can see me now, cause you don't see with your eye You perceive with your mind, that's the end line So I'ma stick around with Russ and be a mentor Bust a few rounds, a motherfucker Remember what the thought is I brought all this so you can survive When law is lawless Feeling sensations that you thought was dead No squealing, remember that it's all in your head I ain't happy I'm feeling glad I got sunshine In a bag, I'm useless not for long, the future is coming on and up I'm feeling glad I got sunshine in a bag. I'm useless, but not for long, my future is coming on. It's coming on, it's coming on, it's coming on, it's coming on. My future is coming on, it's coming on, it's coming on.
And we're back with Fish Out of Agua on Radio Free Brooklyn. That song was called Clint Eastwood by the band Gorillaz, who back in the 20th century was founded by one of the founding members of British band Blur, Damon Albarn. And some of you from the 90s, some of you who are also of a certain age, may remember that once upon a time there was a big rivalry of Blur versus Oasis, which was kind of, but not really, like the big rivalry in the 1980s between Roxanne and the real Roxanne, and was kind of, but not really, like the other rivalry in the 1970s that I don't remember, but anyway. <laughs> Clint Eastwood, the future is coming on. I ain't happy. I'm feeling glad I got sunshine in a bag. I'm useless, but not for long. The future is coming on. I love that song because, yes, the future is here. Um, Clint Eastwood and Gorillas from the Gorillas self titled eponymous, if you're counting SAT words, album in two. 2001. Yes, 2001. See, kids? I can play 21st century songs. I know that I've spent the last couple of months with the 70s and the R&B and stuff, but you know, hey, it's like I said, it's a new season. And we have, speaking of a new season, we got lots of vocabulary, if you like vocabulary, and lots of current music for you today. Like this song, picked by this week's guest artist, Ain't nobody telling her what to do. Oh, no, 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 no.
Lion Babe, which satisfy my love from her 2016 album Begin. I added the lion roar at the end because, hey, you know, I kind of thought it fit. So see, I can play new music and I can make new friends. And you will see because now it's time for my favorite part of the show. out of Agua's Guest Artist of the Week. Woohoo! Oh my God, this is my favorite part of the show. I literally cannot wait. I'm sitting here today with one of my favorite performers ever, and I know every week I say that someone's my favorite, but it's always true. I guess because everybody's my favorite, because I'm just that kind of host. Anyway, welcome to Fish Out of Agua, the lovely, the amazing, the ebullient, and the translucent, and the incandescent, sparkling Sydney Washington. Hey. Woo! Oh, man. Man, I need to write some of those uh, words down. Those were some really good damn words. Well, you know, you write long enough, you remember a couple. Yep, definitely. <laughs> I also like it when sometimes you get to use your reading vocabulary and speech. Oh, yeah, those were a lot of SAT words. Yeah, I and like, I never took the friggin' SAT. You never? No. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I, I was like doing other things in high school, like smoking weed, and I forgot. <laughs> they were freaking us out about SAT, and oh, they were God. like, SAT words are the most important. I forgot. Anyway. Okay. That was a that, that was a long time ago. Long time ago. That was a long time ago. It doesn't matter now. Yeah. Yeah. So Sydney, what up? Hey. Oh my God. So um, the one of the things that I always ask everybody is how did we meet? Because we basically just met not that long ago. No. Yeah. It was definitely like a couple months ago. Yeah. And we hit it off right away. Yeah, and that's uh, why you're here because you became my favorite right away. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, we were at a show. We did a show together. Um, Marie was hosting. Oh yes, Marie Faustin, who was on in season one. Yeah. <clears throat> look up, look her up. Yeah, that's right. She was doing a show for WBAI yes. with Katie Halper. Uh huh. Yeah. And it was a great, great show. It was a fantastic show. Mm-hmm. I forgot what it was. It was like definitely like politically type of story. It was like freedom of speech. Freedom of speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. The theme. Not like political like rah rah rally, but no. it was it was all freedom because it's BAI. Duh, yeah. freedom of speech. <laughs> yeah. And did that record? Did that like air? Was that just I like a live show? I think they were live streaming it. I think they were live streaming it, but I have no idea. I didn't yeah. get to see it, but it was great. When I heard your story, I was like, right away, I was like, I got to meet this woman. We know we have to we have to do this. And then I saw you at Robin Beatty's. 
Uh, Robin Beatty will probably be on uh, next season. She does this story con- storytelling concerts in her home in Brooklyn. In her backyard. In her backyard, yeah. Oh, it was so beautiful. Yeah. Like, I didn't even think that we were in New York City. So, yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, so we just we kind of just met. I know that uh, you are basically a stand-up that's new to storytelling. Yes. But what I and Fish Out of Agua listeners want to know is how did you get from there to here? I want to hear all about the traject the trajectory of Sydney Washington. Where and like we're gonna start with the quintessential New York question. Mm-hmm. Where are you from? I'm from New York. Oh, you born I and raised? I was born here, but I was raised in Oakland, California. Oakland? Yes. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Home of, home of MC Hammer and Tom Hanks. Yes, and Too Short. Oh, really? Yeah, Too Short. Oh, my God. And E-40. Just really? You didn't know. No. I'm letting you know. Okay. If you, even if you don't know so that's, who that's, E-40 that's, is. that's the Fab Five, then. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to look up E-40. I'm sorry. I'm not to. up with everything. The others I knew. Tell me where to go. Tell ah. me where to go. Get numb, numb. That's a song. So. Oh, I, I know that song. It's a great song. I know that song. <laughs> so Oakland, mm-hmm. California girl. Yeah. Wow. Very West Coast. I mean, that's why I get along with people so well, because I, I grew up um, saying good morning, uh, good afternoon, treating your neighbors like family. I mean, I feel like they don't really do that on the East Coast, per se. Well, there's certain neighborhoods where they Some do neighborhoods, it. but for the most part, New York City is like dog-eat-dog, yeah. like everybody's in a, in a rush, everybody's annoyed, people are like sweating and living in an apartment with 17 other people. So growing up as a kid, I really like had my own space. I had a big wheel. I got to climb trees and fences, wow. and I just got to be. I was able to live a life of a kid. Wow, that's mm-hmm. cool. Wow, I climbed fences too, but they were like empty lots where there were burnt out cars. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I serious was in the Bronx. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. We climbed trees. We had trees. We used to go to the cemetery and climb trees. Oh wow, you yeah. were you were a rebel. Right oh well, there. I didn't. Well, I grew up in the Bronx, not in the South Bronx, which was mostly burning at the time when I was a child, but. It it was not bucolic, mm-hmm. let's just say. Bucolic? Yeah. Look at you. Listen, stop. <laughs> I'm going to make a list. <laughs> I got to use that in a sentence yeah. this week. It's like it's like trees and, and, and like birds mm-hmm. and... Bucolic. Not, yeah, yeah. Like you. Prospect Park. Thank you. Yeah, you listen, okay. I'm, I'm about to call everything bucolic. <laughs> <laughs> so um, in Oakland, did you used to dream of being a performer? Did you style, Did you dream of being an actor? What What, what was What was it like for you as a kid? Uh, I was an introvert. I didn't really have a lot of friends. Um, I mainly hang, hung out with my family. Uh, so people didn't really know my personality. I went to church a lot. So I do remember it was like we were doing like a Christmas performance thing at our church and everybody was supposed to sing uh, or like say a passage from the bible Mm. it was kind of like what do you want for christmas and i started listing everything that i wanted for christmas and it was had nothing to do with the passage and everyone was laughing and i was like wow i didn't know i was so funny but they were laughing because they were like girl that was not what the bible was talking about oh my god yeah i was like i want another bike (laughs) and i want a big wheel and i like the sandwiches with extra mayonnaise like just it was so silly. Extra, extra, and extra. Yeah. Well, so you were brought up in church. Mm-hmm. Wow. Very is your, is your family from the South, or is your family from the yes, West from Indies? Yes, from Little Rock, Arkansas. Oh, wow. Yeah. Southern girl. Oh, man. Listen, I'm I'm not a Southern girl. My right. family is. Right, right. I mean, they made us take the Greyhound all the way from New York to Little Rock, Arkansas, and that's what made me hate the South. That's friggin' far. Oh, it was so many days. On a bus? Oh, the Greyhound. I know. When the Greyhound was worse than what it is now. I know. Like, Greyhound is just like, like, like the 
bottom feeder oh, of any transportation. Man. Like you would rather walk there. Listen. Like do the app, 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 app. Appalachian Trail. It's like the skateboards of transportation. Oh my god, it's terrible. No, and there's so many. No, trans- no, overflowing bathroom and Disgusting. people eating onions and yeah. changing babies in the aisle and. Oh yeah, my family would cook food for the Greyhound trip, and then by the time by the third second day, like the fried chicken would be soggy, uh, the brownies would taste stale. I was like, why are we even getting this? Like we are we are able to get off the bu- off the bus and get food. But my grandmother was like, no, we're gonna cook it and we're gonna eat it all three days. That's that would be what my grandmother would do. My mm-hmm. abuela, like she would she would like put pork and like gandules, rice and peas and other stuff and like yeah, and it's like, you know, there's no refrigeration. There's no refrigeration and it's just like the chicken tastes like sadness. That's what it was. I, was <laughs> I like, remember that one. I was like, someone ruined my whole day. Like Chicken tastes like sadness. It was so bad. I was like, I used to love fried chicken, and then as soon as I ate it on the bus, I was like, this is not how you do fried chicken. This no. is terrible. No, that's not how you do anything. That's, mm-hmm. no, no, no. That, 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 that's child abuse. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. child abuse. That's torture. <laughs> oh, my God. And my grandmother didn't have Tupperware, so she would use like the... Like the containers that you get from the Chinese right, restaurant, right, right, and they're probably all full of like PFOAs oh or whatever. Like God. people are not supposed um, to eat anymore. So much uh, MSG all up and through that, like the containers. It was so messy. Oh my God! You know, sometimes I think that people are going to look back at the later part of the 20th century, people, kids that were brought up in the 70s and 80s and 90s, and they are going to wonder how we lived at all. Because to today's parent, parenting standards, we should all be dead. Oh, Especially absolutely. people like me who were kids in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Oh, we should, we should be, we should have like, like, we should be glowing from radiation and have like seven hearts and no lung and like, yeah. The people that are like so dependent on our, on their phones, it's like, we didn't have any of that. No. Like, it was literally like, go home you use your rotary phone. Uh, I didn't have an answer machine until like late, like when I was in high school. Wow. We didn't. Ha- my my aunt was like, "I'm not getting an answer machine. If they need to call, they should just call us." Right. That's like if that old really school important. thing. Right. If they if it's really important, they will call. They'll but what call if more than once. Then they'll call back. But what if that boy doesn't call? If the boy really likes you or the girl really likes you, they'll call back. And it's like boys. No. There's no voice. They were like, unless the Lord is calling you yeah, on the, the phone, Lord, oh. nobody is calling oh, you. Snap. Nobody is that important. Oh, snap. No boys, Jesus no Christ boys. must be calling you. Because <laughs> if he's not, then nobody nobody can be calling you. So it was rough. I get it. I No, I'm, I'm, my mom's side of the family was storefront Christian, Iglesia Pentecostal. Ah. And, and I remember somebody saying, like a, a man coming up to my friend there and saying, the Lord spoke to me and said that um, I'm going to be your husband and my friend said funny the lord didn't say that to me mm. yeah exactly yeah i mean i went to vacation bible school every summer oh my god i ate tuna I fish and oh uh i ate tuna fish and peanut butter jelly sandwiches and you know what the crazy thing is that people love peanut butter and jelly sandwiches but because of vacation bible school i was like i don't want it i it ruined my whole experience with the PBJ. So PBJ and fried chicken don't feed any too soon. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've overcome all that. Oh, okay. As, as an adult okay. now. Okay, okay. But for a long period of time, I was like, I don't want to see no peanut butter. I don't want to see no jelly. I don't want to see no fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'll eat broccoli instead. Oh, my God, yeah. broccoli. Oh, that's how bad so for a kid? That's yeah. bad. That's yeah. bad. That's mm-hmm. bad. <laughs> so when did you get bit by the performance bug? Um, I think about, like, 
Five years ago. Really? Uh, yeah, five years wow. ago. Wow. So you didn't perform in high school or college? Ah, uh, man. I would do some talent shows, and I would always have... Is this in Oakland? No. This was oh. in... I, would, I came back in New York when I was 13. Oh, okay. Um, But um, when I was in high school, I would do these talent shows, and I would always get stage fright, and I would always have to do it with another person. And the last time I did a talent show, my mother, like, took off of work and came, and she was in a trench coat and sunglasses, and she just looked like she didn't want to be there. Sang Oh Holy Night with another friend, so it was, like, super religious. That's so, an amazing song. Yeah, man. no one booed us because it was, like, a gospel, but we were so bad. My mother literally got up after, and she was like, the next time I take off work, it better be for something important. And I was like, <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm never performing again. And how old were you? Uh, I don't know. I think it was, like, 16, 17. Oh, my God. What high school? Uh, I went to Heritage High School. Where's in, that? Uh, Spanish Harlem. Oh, okay. 106 in Park. Oh, that's yeah. that's near where my both my parents lived when they grew up. Yeah? Yeah, my mom was from 103rd and my father's from 106. Yeah, that, I was I was there for oh. most of Well, you were there way after. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, your parents are mad young. <laughs> so, wow, okay, so you came back to New York when you were 13 mm -hmm. and you went to high school in El Barrio. Where'd you go to college? I went to college in Massachusetts. Which one? Um, Clark. Where's that? In Worcester. Worcester, that's the Western, Western Mass? Worcester? Worcester. It's, um, no, it's not. Is it's that by, near. Is it's that near by Smith? There. No, it's by uh, Holy Cross. Oh, okay. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know from Mass. Um, and what, what, do, what kind of studies do they have there? Uh, they have all types of studies. It's mainly for psychology, but I went there for sociology, psychology, and then communications. I was like, oh. I went through all these majors, and I was like, yeah, that's not it. That's not it. And then I was like, ooh, communications. That should be simple. But I was, I wanted to do journalism, but it was completely the opposite. It wasn't, it wasn't a journalism school. So we're learning about communications with gender and communications in like other countries, but not like you know, PR or like writing for the newspaper. That's right. what I really want. Or how to, to interview somebody. Yeah, that I didn't learn any of that. Wow. Do you yeah. know do you know the storyteller Daisy Rosario? Yeah. Okay, she studied journalism. She did? Yeah, she did. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well and I mean, she was on <clears throat> she was on season two of Fish Out of Agua, I believe episode three or four. So look at that. check it out. I mean, we're plugging just everybody on yeah. this episode. Yeah, well, what's it for? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> listen, listen, you know, the patriarchy has their networks, okay? Mm -hmm. They have all their old school networks where all four men in a room or five men in a room, and, and they get all their friends and all their boys in. So if I can't use my platform to get all my girls or all my people, like, to be talking about each other, then what good is it? Michelle, you're just doing the Lord's work. <laughs> well, you're doing a great job. Oh, thanks. But we're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk more about you. More about so, me. All right, so you went to high school. You went to college. You, you moved back to New York after yes. college. And then? Well, I was... I didn't finish school, and my mother was like, you can't come back to the house because oh you made us waste all that damn money. So I had to stay with a friend. Uh, I eventually got a job as a hostess and then a waitress. I was, like, moving on up in the hospitality game. But then I kind of, like, stayed a waitress for, like, most 
of my twenties. Were these like in like big big timey clubs and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, in yeah. the meat? I was like... making I was making cute coins. So okay, okay so, so like Sex in the City type clubs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really? Like uh huh. And like making. Are you allowed to name any of them? Uh, I worked at this place called uh, Rose Bar and Riff Raff. Riff Raff. Ooh, yeah. I could oh imagine. man, it was just like the name. Oh Literally. my god. It's shut down now, but I. Oh man, I had a good time at Riff Raff. I actually got fired for. Being a riffraff in riffraffs. Oh my yeah. god! They How did like, that happen? They were like, "You a hot ass mess," and I was like, "I'm just doing what the title of the club is." Oh, I got so. So drunk you were just perpetuating. Messy. Yeah, you were just perpetuating. I was like, "I am, you know, the mascot of this freaking club," and they were like, "We don't need a mascot. Get out." Were you like one of those like table service ladies? Mm-hmm. Oh the, no, they make I bank. Was, I had a girlfriend that did waitress. that. Bottle yeah. waitress, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good times. Oh wow, so you must have rubbed uh, shoulders with some celebs in oh, your time. Oh, so many celebrities. I mean, I've I've waited on literally everybody. Madonna. Wow. Jay Z, Beyonce. Wow. Janet Jackson. Snap. Sting. Whoa. Maxwell. <laughs> Lenny Kravitz. Whoa. Uh, Demi Moore, wow, Kutcher, damn, so many football players that I don't remember who they are. Well, they they usually are not around that long. Yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. They, they they have a very uh, short shelf life yes. because something happened to them. It's true. It's true. But yeah, I, I've waited yeah. on so many people that wow. I was like, wow. After a while, I was like, oh, they just like us, except huh. they got so much money and everybody knows them. But okay. yeah, they're just like us. <laughs> so I'm not gonna ask you to reveal like who was a jerk unless yeah. you want to. But mm-hmm. what I really want to know. Was who was nice? Who was a person? Uh, Kelly Ripa is amazing. Really? Yeah, she's so nice. And she's got such a bad rep because of what happened with Michael Strahan. Oh no, I feel like that. Or maybe that was manufactured. That was in this. That was a terrible situation. You know, she. I feel like she got blindsided. Get, she didn't get the heads up. It's like I would have. If I was her, I would have been mad too. Wow. Because I felt like we. Were, I thought we were friends. Wow. We're coworkers and wow. friends. Wow. Just give me. So she was just nice. Keep it real. Well, that's cool. It's always. It's oh, always... she tips great. Beautiful. Whoa. I mean, honestly, I feel like Kelly donated to the NAACP. Wow. Well, I was like, wow, you this all this money for me, Kelly? Wow, I'm... Kelly Ripper. Who Kelly knew? Ripper, nice yeah. lady. If you see her in these streets, be nice. Well, yeah, I will and if be you're nice. Serving her, definitely be nice. Wow. Well, I would be nice to anybody that mm-hmm. I was serving. I was a server, actually. Also, I had a friend that ran that had a restaurant um, in the East Village, which I, I won't name because he still does restaurants today. Okay. But and um, I got the job kind of like default because I had I was friends with his younger brother, so, and one of his waitresses quit. I'd forgot for whatever reason, and he asked me if I would do it, and I had never waited before. And he's like, "Look, I really need help," mm-hmm. so I did it for about a month. And it was really freaking hard work. Because when the restaurant closes, you ain't done. No. You got to help clean. You never go home. No, you're like scrubbing the you stove and mopping the floor and cleaning like all this stuff. Oh, my God. Listen, I, if you're making good money, trust me, you're doing extra. You're doing extra. You're doing you're extra. You're not just yeah. 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 serving people yeah. and that's yeah. it. But I didn't last, and this is why. they. <laughs> there was an incident where I had to break a plate of linguine over someone's head because they thought that I was on the menu and after repeated uh, polite trying to like to rebuff the situation, the person decided to stick their hand underneath my skirt. Wow. And I had had enough. Aww. No, their friends pulled them out of there because mm-hmm. they, they were celebrating like a 30th birthday and oh, they, so they were wasted. all, they, they were finance bros. They were they, blasted. They, they were finance yeah. bros. Their friends apologized to me. The guy said, I'm going to sue. They got him out of there. They left, me, they left me a $100 tip. Oh, that's not enough. No. But, Not you know, but this is in the 90s, so... Yeah. It, yeah. And, but I, I lost my job. He said, I understand why you did that, 
but you can't work here anymore. <laughs> and that was it. But I have so much respect for servers. Yeah. No, no. We do a lot. You do and a lot. We take a lot. Yeah. And at the end of the day, people project their day on us. <laughs> And they feel like this is the only time where I could tell somebody what to do and get what I want right away. And the customer's always right. And it's like, no, darling, that's the, not how. No, the server's always right. It works. We see people like you all the time. You are not special. Yeah. But our job is to make people feel like Yes. Special. Yes, of course. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Of course. So when did you get bit by the performing bug then? And uh, how did, I want to know how that happened. Yeah, my friend would videotape me after work and I would be doing these bits and I would do commentary on things and she recorded me and then cut the whole thing up and sent it to me and she's like, "Girl, you're funny. You need to be doing something with this." Like people would wait after work and stay until like six, seven o'clock in the morning and yeah. just laugh because I would be performing after work the whole time. I mean, I also was drunk and probably high, but um, <coughs> they were like, you're really good. You should you should try to do this. So I took a class and you know where class, um, I took it at the pit. Oh, I love the pit. The pit. Cool. Woo, woo. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, I took the I took the the class and I was just like, hey, either you're funny or you're not. I feel like you can't teach somebody how to be funny. You could teach them how to do like a setup and a punchline. You could teach them how to write a joke, but I don't think you necessarily can make somebody funny. No, you, you can't have to you, yep. be. You can't you know? teach timing. No, not you, at all. You can't teach timing and you can't teach delivery. Or humor. Or humor, you right. You can't teach any right. of that. Right, right. So I took the class and then I did graduation and I, I brought all my meanest friends. I was like, I need somebody to be honest. And that's the good thing about the pit is that they give you a showcase. I've yeah. taken classes there and they don't make it like a bringer that your friends have to pay like an exorbitant amount of money. No, 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 no. no. It yeah. was a decent amount. It's decent. Um, but all my friends came and they were just like, Girl, you gotta keep doing this. You weren't bad. They wow. were like, there were so many people who were bad, but like you were good. So you gotta keep doing. So I just continued to do it, and I did shows. I did bringers. And, and this was how long ago? This was four and a half, almost. Wow. Five years ago. Okay, yeah. so we're talking 2012. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I forgot how young you are. Oh man. Man, this this no, this lady no. skin like 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 it's glowing. It's glowing. It's glowing. <laughs> It's glowing. I've been biking for days, so I feel run down and haggard. <laughs> but like, soon as I take some like rest, I'm gonna look like Gabrielle Union. Oh, Gabrielle yeah. Union! And Gabrielle Union, she is not 26. No, no, more. no, no, no. That no, lady, no. that lady over 40 now. She's definitely. She's probably 50. She's. Oh, know, she's, she's probably, like she's she's getting to be like my age. Yeah, she's got the industry age right now. Uh, well, well, you know, it's like black don't crack, brown don't frown, beige don't age, and as Grandma said, Puerto Rican Snow Creekin. There it is, Michelle. So, okay, so did you do, like, the Caroline's Bringers and stuff? No, or I you did spared Gotham. that? I did Gotham. Oh, Gotham. Okay, yeah, right on. I didn't realize how much money those things cost. It's expensive. I mean, you have to bring 12 people. They have to pay a cover plus two drinks. Yeah. And I did maybe four or five of those. And your friends are, like, spending $40. And I'm not realizing, hey, girl, you are messing it up. Now people are not going to come to comedy because they're like, comedy is super expensive. And then... It's a bringer show, so mad people on the show are brand new. So it's not the best comedy. Right. They'll have some cool uh, drop-ins, but it's not enough for $50. Right. I mean, right, exactly. Because you could have somebody 
it's it's their first time and they may end up being good yeah. six months from now mm-hmm. but that's that first time and they're just like nervous as fuck I remember yeah. being like I bombing 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 all the time and I'm not even was I did a couple of bringers at Caroline's yeah. back in the day but I even remember doing open mics like a surf reality like standing like forgetting what I was going to say putting my gum on the microphone stand no you and, did yeah, not yeah, yeah, yeah. and start cursing in Spanish <laughs> Hey, listen, everybody learns from their mistakes. So yeah. I did that and, you know, you I just could, kept, yeah. kept with it. You got to do a lot of suck before you get good. Oh, man. Listen, they put you through the ringer just to even get to this part of my career where, you know, I'm getting little gigs here and there. You know, I did a TV show. I got, you know, a couple things under my belt, but there's still so much to do and so much to learn and you know I, there's always self doubt and you have to have the confidence yes. of like yes. a mediocre white man oh snap yeah oh wait oh snap oh snap high five on the air you have to do that yeah. in comedy you can't doubt yourself you can't be safe you whatever you think is funny you have to put it out there and just like and you have to be go funny the trial and error. Yeah. because all of men okay i'm going to say this and i didn't come up with this i read this that somebody else posted it mm-hmm. i want to attribute it to the comedian livia scott but i'm not sure if if i saw her post this basically all a man has to do is be funny a man a male comic mm-hmm. a woman comic needs to be gorgeous she needs to be fit she needs to be young. She needs to be smart. She needs to, in other words, she needs to be like a whole list of things. So much work. And funny. Yeah. And all a man needs to do is be funny. I mean, it's you the, see what it is. When you see on stage, you're like, how many male comedians have to dress nice? They just go. Oh, yeah, right. They have, yep, yep. But like female comedians, even when I'm seeing uh, like specials, women are going all out. They got like the sequins. They got the leather, this, they got the heel. They yeah, got, the heels. They got the hair and like a beehive. Like it's so much just the presentation of a female comic is so much more pressure than like a male comic. But yeah, so I, I'm still, you know, working, still trying to get funnier, more comfortable, you know, not caring what people think. Cause that's half of it. It's like, it's whatever you think is funny. You, you shouldn't, um, cater to the audience because that's what makes you different. Yes. If you rely on the audience to tell you what's funny, then you know, you're going to be regurgitating the same crap that everybody else got out there. So I'm just finding my niche, trying to figure out what's good. But that's why I love storytelling because I, I have so many stories. I mean, my whole life is a book. And now in like storyteller shows, I get to get like one chapter or like one thing and I get to present it. And storyteller shows, people listen and they're engaged and they make you feel like you're a star. Like you walk out and you're like, what? You want my autograph? You want my information? Here you go, girl. Like, like when I met you, yeah. I was like, I must have you on my show. Because yes. yes, I think that's an integral difference between storytelling and stand-up, because intrinsically, sta- I know, that's another word, intrinsically. Intrinsically. Michelle, look at you. I just feel like you should be like my tutor or something. You should like give me words to work with every day. After the show, well, we'll do a word a day. Okay. <laughs> oh my God, I should introduce you to Leanne Lord. Oh uh, yeah, oh my God. She, have you like met a, her? Yeah, she's like a professor. She she did she did the, uh, the dictionary book called D-I-C-T, Dict. Jokes mm-hmm. with with a word a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's oh, season two. I think she was episode two. Bam, look bam, at that. bam. Plug, oh, plug, plug. I love Leanne. She's one of my favorite people ever, and she's so freaking smart. She's oh my god. Great. And um, but yes, intrinsically, stand up is competitive, and it's kind of cutthroat. Yeah. And storytelling is inclusive and it's supportive. Woo. 
And the other thing is people in stand-up, from my knowledge, can steal jokes. Yeah. They steal. In storytelling, you cannot steal someone else's story. You can't. Really you can't because, because it's very specific because it's something that happened to you. Like if I try to, to take your stor a story of yours that if I heard you tell a story about serving and try to co-op that or you tried to take my story about serving, it's not going to ring true. No. Because we are just so, such different people with such different experiences and such different everything. Yeah. You can't steal. I mean, I think it's, uh, I think you can be enlightened and like inspired yes. in both fields. Yes. But I just think that you're more appreciated in storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. So like you, people reach out all yeah. the time. Yeah. Like storytellers hit me up or like I'll hit a storyteller up and I feel like there's more community there. And a lot of stand-ups are, I think, noticing that, I mean, have been for the past few years. And what I find interesting is that many stand-ups will think that they could just go to the moth or something like oh. that and just put their name in and, oh, and, 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 just, no. and tell a story. And heck no. Well, tell us what that difference is, girl, because I know you know it. Well, and seen it. Storytelling, and you, have, it. you have to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And it's not all about, like punching up or the story doesn't always have to be funny it kind of just has them have to have a message and take people on a journey yes and there is no journey really in jokes it's just like set up punchline boom like that's it and so when comics do storytelling they kind of rush everything they don't remember that there's little pieces that people need to connect so when they get to the end they're like oh like i love a story that makes me gasp or be like okay, I put everything together. It makes you want to listen because you need all those little pieces. And in comedy, it's kind of arbitrary at times. It's just, let me tell a joke to be funny or let me tell you this to get a reaction. But that's not how stories are. Because you're conditioned, I think, with stand-up that if you don't get a laugh every 15 to 20 seconds, you're not doing well. Yeah. But with storytelling, your, you, it, your big payoff could just come at the end. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then people be like, ah! Yeah, keeping keeping people on their toes. Yeah. I mean, you could do a lot of misdirections in stories, but people love feeling like, oh, wow, I was with you. I feel like I was there. Yeah. Being descriptive, making people feel like, oh, my God, I feel for you, or I feel something at all. Right, and, and because it's universal. Yeah. And the humor comes out of universal situations yeah. and characters. It doesn't come as stand-up often, but not always, comes from condemning or putting down or making someone else less than. Yes. Yeah. I mean, sometimes in my stories, I'm like making fun but, of you somebody. Know, but, <laughs> but, 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 but uh, there's a point to it, though. Yeah. There's a reason for it. It's not just coming out of left field, and it's not just for shock value, and it's not just to get a laugh. Yeah. If, 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 if you're like, if, if you're being a little disparaging and down on somebody, there's a reason for it. And the reason for it has either come up before you get to that point, or it will be explained later on because mm -hmm. that's the beauty of a story because like you said it's a journey that you take that you take people on yeah i love it i love stories oh stories love you ah, ah. And, and i actually a little birdie told me that you have something prepared for us i do oh I my do. god i can't wait to hear it all right yeah. without further ado <laughs> sydney washington Yay. okay so from waitressing uh we touched on it a little bit like i met tons of celebrities and it's great to meet them in person because you're like, oh, wow, you're no longer on the screen. You're in front of me. 
But sometimes it's really disappointing because you see how terrible these people really are. Um, because when the cameras are not watching, like when the cameras are not on, they're like, oh, I could be my truest self. So um, I've served people from like uh, the Olsen twins to like Maxwell. So there's like a wide range of people. And eventually I started to get very jaded where like a, a celebrity would come in and I'm like, I don't, I don't wanna serve them because they're not gonna take care of me. They're not gonna give me a tip because they feel like, hey, I'm here. So like, that's your tip. Uh, but I got a chance to serve like one of my idols. And I had no idea he was like, it was him because he looked very regular. He looked like he worked at Best Buy. Like, he looked like a manager at some, like, random store. But um, it was Jim Carrey, and I love him. I mean, I watched every movie he had, like, from Dumber to Dumber to The Mask. Like, everything Jim Carrey, I was like, I was obsessed. So um, he sits down, and he's with another actor. And it's just weird to see people that you look up to there, you know, in your presence. But at this moment, I didn't even know it was him. But when real fans are around, they're gonna let you know who the hell that person is. So people kept coming up to me like, do you know who that is? Is that Jim Carrey? I was like, no, that's a white man named Jim. That, there's no way that's Jim Carrey. I know Jim Carrey, I love Jim Carrey. And then he gave me his credit card and it said Jim Carrey. And I was like, fuck. And I had treated him pretty normal I was like hey what's up you know like what do you want I have to serve like people who are actually somebody in this bar I was just treating him really bad and I was like I was having a bad day so maybe he could feel like the energy but anyway uh my manager comes over and they're like yeah that's Jim Carrey like make sure you give him the best service and I'm like oh I don't know already messed that up <laughs> I'm probably gonna get fired uh so anyway he's uh he's ordering like champagne he's doing it up and then the other celebrity he was with was owen wilson which is everybody else's favorite as well but he was fresh off his suicide attempt so i was like hey, maybe you shouldn't be in a bar like bars are not uplifting you know sometimes they bring you down but also his bff is jim carrey so i'm sure he's gonna make him feel better so i'm i was like if i get in good with owen he'll might you know switch things up with Jim and let him know like, oh, I'm an amazing waitress. Don't be mad for the shitty service up top. So I'm like, hey, you know, what would you like to drink? And he's like, I can't drink right now. Um, I'm on suicide watch. And in my head, I was like, you can't drink on suicide watch, man. That'll make me want to commit suicide. <laughs> Cause I'm like, don't you need a drink? Like, aren't you on edge? So uh, that didn't go over too well. So, you know, I bring the bottle over to Jim and I'm like treating it like it's a newborn baby. Like, here is your 1985 Dom Berion. Like, I'm cradling it and like treating it. And he snatches it from me. I was like, ooh, I wonder if he's mad. But he pops the top and like throws it back like it's a bottle of beer. Like he treated a thousand dollar bottle of champagne like it was a cooler's light. It was amazing to watch. I was like, wow, me and Jim are like the same person. Like that's something that I would do. And then he like tried to pass the bottle to like other people. And I was like, you know what, Jim, I love you, but I don't know you that well. Like, I'm not going to drink off you. So he's having a good time. You know, Owen is over there frowning and whatnot. 
And so, you know, I'm making sure I'm giving him the best service. I'm bringing him, like, olives, even though he didn't ask for olives. Um, I'm trying to, like, stuff blue cheese in it because I'm like, you know, white men love olives with blue cheese. So I'm just trying to bring every... I'm bringing condiments and napkins, and I'm just doing too much. And so he touches my shoulder. And you know when you're, like, in your head about things and uh, you get mixed signals and you're like... You know, he obviously is attracted to me because he touched my shoulder. <laughs> you know, that's what I was thinking about. I was like, no, no, no. He didn't tap my shoulder. He put his whole palm on my shoulder. I was like, Jim Carrey want to marry me. So he's like, he pushes me down like to the, like, so I'm the level of he is in the chair. And I was like, oh, he's going to whisper sweet nothings in my ear. He's going to be like, it's showtime. That's what I thought he was going to say. But he didn't. He was just like, you're doing a great job. And I was like, oh, great. He's going to give me one of those compliments. He's like, can I speak to your manager? And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to get fired. Because whenever somebody asks, you know, let me speak to your manager, uh, they're going to complain and try to get some shit for free. And you're also going to get fired. So anyway, my manager comes and he tells my manager that I'm doing a great job and that I need a promotion. And I was like, Jim Carrey, you could have yelped that? Like, that is like nothing in the bar. There's no upward mobility in the bar. You know, if a celebrity says I'm doing a great job, that's not going to give me like another position. It's just going to put me on more shifts. So anyway, uh, he's having a good time. He closes out. He asks for the check. And I was a little nervous because I was like, he seems nice, but I don't know if he's going to tip me right. So I stand over him while he's signing out the bill. Because I was like, I want to see, you know, you got to put pressure on these celebrities. They got the money. So I stand over him. And the bill, the gratuity was already included. I told him. And he's like, you did so great tonight. And then he signs off on an extra $800. An extra $800. And I was like, Jim Carrey loves black people. Like, that's how I'm thinking in my head. I was like, this, he definitely, like, just donated to the NAACP. Like, he is donating this money to, like, a whole bigger cause. Like, this is bigger than me. So he closes out. He gives me the extra tip. I'm like, dude, like, I'm a comedian. Jim Carrey's a comedian. I mean, we're not the same, but I feel like I need to leave him with something so he remembers me. So he touches my shoulder again, and I was like, is he going to whisk me away? Is there a horse and carriage waiting outside because he's my prince now? He's like, you did a great job, but I honestly love house music. And I was like, what? That's what you touched my shoulder for? But he's like, yeah, I love house music. Do you know another place I could go that would have that kind of music? Um, and if you don't know what house music is, uh, it's probably because you have both your parents in your life. Because house music is literally the same song over and over and over again. So I tell them to go to this place, this nightclub. They know me over there. Um, so I was like, let me be funny. And I was like, um, they have a really strict door. So you have to say that you're on Sydney Washington's list if you want to get in. <laughs> You know I'm just joking. I'm like, he's not going to remember that. And also, he's Jim Carrey. He doesn't need to be on anybody's list. So he says, oh, okay, all right. And so in my head, I was like, don't bring Owen because he's not going to get in because he's got a Hawaiian shirt. But I said that in my head, but I didn't say that to him. So he leaves, and then I'm like frowning because I was like, oh, I just got to serve my idol. I, I should have quit my job and hung out with him, but I couldn't. And so I'm dealing with other people, like all these other customers that are not Jim Carrey. And then 45 minutes later, my phone is blowing up. People at at the nightclub are just like, Jim Carrey's at the door using your first and last name. I'm like, what? 
They're like, your first and last name. But they're like, the funny thing is, is that I didn't even know your last name. So I was just like, Sydney? You mean Black Sydney? Sydney that looks like Naomi Campbell, but poor? And I was like, oh my God, you had one job to make me look cool. <laughs> so the door, the door person was like, uh, okay, but you are you. You don't need to, you know, say anybody's name at the door. And he was like, yeah, well, the last place I was at, they acted like they didn't know who the hell I was. So I humbled Jim Carrey and he touched my shoulder twice. So I'm destined for greatness. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, you, we're on the radio here, but you should have seen my face this entire episode. I inflicted on poor Sydney the sight of all my 1980s metal fillings in my mouth, in my teeth, or should, I should say teeth, when I heard about that $800 tip. Oh, it was a beautiful oh, tip. Oh, my God. And, okay, you may look like Naomi Campbell, but mm -hmm. you're nice. Oh, thank you. I don't think you throw your cell phones at oh, people's Oh, no, 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 I don't do that. No, 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 no. I spend too much money oh, on my, my phone oh, my to God. throw it at anybody. I love Jim Carrey, too. He's actually one of my favorite. I love his he movies. He's such a nice guy, and he's so down to earth. I think when I say that he looked regular, it just means like he feels down to earth. Right. Like he seems like a normal person. He's not like, oh, I'm this celebrity, I'm bigger than life type person. He's just, you know, came in in a regular shirt. You know, his hair looked like it was washed maybe four days ago. So like, he was chilling. He so was he, not... he wasn't pulling that. You know, do you know who I am? Yeah. Crap. No, 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 no. Like. I think it was more humbling for him that I really just didn't recognize him at the time. And then he was like, probably like, damn, man, I got to fix my hair or something so that people <laughs> can realize who I am, you know? I read once about him that he was like, you know, everybody struggles. Mm -hmm. Everybody struggles. Even... Uh, People, even people that we feel that are at the pinnacle of, of their profession had a time when they struggled. And I remember reading something about Jim Carrey where he wrote a check to himself for a million dollars. Yes, he did. Do you know, and he got it back. You yep, know, he did. When I, when I heard that, I wrote a check for a million dollars to myself, too. It's still on my calendar. <laughs> I've been transferring that thing from calendar to calendar for the past oh, six or seven years, but it will be paid. Michelle, I don't it have will be paid because we grew up in church. We're gonna hold hands okay. up because when 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 two or more are joined in the name of the Lord, miracles happen. Yes. So in Jesus' name, that million dollar check is coming through for both of us. Yes. In the name of precious blood of Jesus, Amen. Amen, Michelle. And that was Sydney Washington so and much. Michelle Carlo doing doing church. Yes. We had a prayer circle. We, we, for had a a prayer, we, had a, we had a prayer circle. <laughs> well, God wants you to be prosperous. Yes, He does. And um, well, He, she, it. I, I personally, I think that spirit doesn't have gender. I just no. the patriarchy that puts it's a gender. I, people just get spirit. used to saying He. Yeah. But it's spirit. Yes. Whatever it is. And Sydney, I have one last question for you. Yes. If you had um one thing of a piece of advice for the child that's sitting in their top floor tenement walk-up or in their little bedroom or like walking down the road and it's like really sad because they want to be something more than what society is telling them they can be, but they have this burning desire to do it, what would you tell them? Um, you have to believe in yourself. You can't look outward for belief or confidence if you feel like you're great at something or you there's a calling, it's always going to be meant for you. Um, it's just a continuous thing. It doesn't happen overnight. So if society is saying, hey, 
you know, the odds are against you. You probably can't do that. It's a waste of time. That's more reason for you like, no, F that. I can prove them wrong. I know this is for me. And um, yeah, that's what, that's what I think. Do the thing that you're afraid of. Yeah. Thank you, Cindy Washington. Kisses on the air. And we're back with Fish Out of Agua on Radio Free Brooklyn. Boy, Sydney Washington is just amazing, isn't she? She has so many fantastic projects going on now. So if you want to find out about what she's doing, like her on Facebook, follow her on Twitter. I believe her website is sydneywashington.com. So find that woman and watch her do her scintillating, sparkling madness and magic. And here's another song that Sydney picked for this episode. And it's a new song. It's from This Year Kids 2017. It's by Major Lazer, and it's called Run Up. Barbie. Yeah, they thought that you was a shy girl Until I made you my girl Now you push me like a big boy Till I cut you like you did something you ain't gotta wait for it. You ain't gotta wait for me to give you my love. You ain't gotta wait for it. Things are getting sticky, girl. I think that I'm stuck. I'll admit I'm wrong, but I know that you gon' come for me. Yeah. Never gonna not hit by your love, and it's just to me. And every time you hit my phone, you say you need company. Oh, I'ma run up on you. I'ma run up on you. I'ma run up on you. I'm a Renabe. 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 Girl, you used to being quiet. Till I brought that loud. You say your dollars is a mountain. And your mama, your accountant. You watch your figures, you a big deal. Got your fresh prince and a big wheel. Polo mink coat, that's a big kill. Put you on the phone like a windshield. I'll admit I'm wrong, but I know that you gon' come for me. Never gonna not hit by your love, and it's just to me. And every time you hit my phone, you say you need company. I'm a Renabe. 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 Major keys, I'm the boss. Don't Griselda go off? Left from the loft and went to Bergdorf. Most of these dudes is really quite soft. 45 special, this is my cloth. About to drop an album, this is my fourth. I don't put sugar in my spaghetti sauce. Drop a freestyle and get these hoes perched. Fire burn, they orb your man Like them walk hood. Just link with some hot girl out the road. Come and give me a smile, pretty boss wine. Rolex, not the pan on the dirty girl tie. Yo, I told him pull up on me, faster than Danica. That's on the lawn, trying to blow him like harmonicas. He call me queen, he know Nikki is the moniker. He want a mix between Hillary and Monica. I switch it up, I switch it up. Uh. Rip the beat and I, I stitch it up. Traveled and I bounced up all Sinead, sir. Barbie, I link up, major laser. I'm a Renabe. I'm a Renabe. I'm a Renabe. 
Yep, that was Major Laser with Run Up featuring Nicki Minaj from his 2015, no, the 2017 album, Music is the Weapon. And kids, that's our show. You have been listening to Fish Out of Agua on Radio Free Brooklyn. We're going to close with the last of Sydney's song picks, DJ Khaled with Wild Thoughts featuring Rihanna from his 2017 album called Grateful. And yes, we should all be grateful. Grateful that we haven't had an earthquake here in New York City. Grateful that we haven't had a major hurricane. But a lot of people in a lot of places are not so lucky. So if you have anything to spare or if you have a few goods or if you want to like get together a shopping list of non-perishable things, there are plenty of places online that will let you know exactly where they are collecting goods to ship to the Caribbean, to Mexico, and to everybody that's hurting. And uh, I hope some of you do. Well, enough proselytizing, kids. Uh, That's our show, and stay tuned for Brooklyn Bandstand next, and we will see yous next week. Another one. See me naked, naked, naked. I wanna be a baby, baby, baby. Spinning in his wet just like he came from Maytag. Rock a wrist on the brown like Then I get like this, I can't be around you. I'm too lit to dim down a notch. Cause I can into things that I'm gon' do. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, 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 thoughts. Wow. You know this cookie's for the bag Kitty, kitty, baby, get her things to rest Cause you done beat her like the 68 Jets Diamonds and nothing when I'm rockin' with you.